0: Welcome to the Beck and Series Show.
1: And here at Team Series Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run, it's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling, and running. We talk about mindset, we talk about fearless authenticity, and being your very best self. Because, you guys, I'm going to introduce this guy, and like my most impressive thing when I was researching this amazing athlete was. Um, The first thing was his technique philosophy was so aligned with Team Series Tri-Club, and you'll hear more about that. But was, he beat Michael Phelps, everybody! He beat Michael Phelps! So, boom! (laughs) And I saw, I think, that one time you beat him was in Colorado. Is that right?
2: Um, No, it was uh, Santa Clara, California.
1: California. Okay. So, this guy's a three-time Olympian, Olympic bronze medalist well champion i don't know how many national titles do you have brent i couldn't remember oh, him it was a lot
2: so like i wasn't keeping track but I, uh, a couple of years ago i decided <laughs> to actually count through and i think i counted 32
1: oh because i got up to like 13 i'm like she's way past he's way past siri yeah. 32 yeah. national titles and your stroke was at the 100 free that was yeah. your niche like okay so yeah, we're... I, did the,
2: um, I did the 50 and the 200 as well Okay. I, actually, oh my gosh. I actually almost broke the world record in the 200 free uh, short course, but I got second place in that race.
1: Oh, only second. So, Brent, just for perspective, because a lot of our guys here are non-swimmers, what sort of times, what was your PRs for the 50, the 100, and the 200 free?
2: Um, so, in the 50 free, we're talking a uh, long course. Um, I think it was a 21-7. <laughs> oh. I think it was 50 free. Um, 47-24 for the 100. <laughs>
1: everyone's
2: faces I, I think like a 146 for the 200 um but my best split ever though is on our relay I mean so this is with a takeover but I yep. was a uh, 144 oh. and I think that one still stands as the 16th fastest relay split of all time ever
1: ever that's unbelievable yeah. oh my god so you guys like I can see everyone just going oh my god I do that for like that takes me like that's what I did for 50 free <laughs> so Brent like we're so honored and uh I'm telling my team the way I found you was actually your swimming secrets mastery came up um we're definitely going to talk about that it's amazing course but I saw your philosophies behind swimming and um where I was just was so refreshing because um my my hero back in the day was um, Thorpey and you know Hackett, but I used to love Michael Clem because he look even looks a bit like you. You're much more handsome, but
3: Clemmy had the
1: <laughs> <laughs> Klimi had the straight arm or the open arm, and people used to give him shit for it. And then everyone started doing Jeff Hugel Did it? They all started doing it. These are guys. If you don't know, they're Olympians from Australia. They're like also Olympic medalists. So I saw Brent's um, theory on 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 his uh, swim technique, and I was like, I need to connect with this guy. And he was so. Amazing. Amazing. You reached straight back out. Then I saw they had a dog. Then I saw his wife like sing songs mm-hmm. for charities. And I was like, these guys are amazing. Like they're like part of our family already. So Brent, can you just go through? Cause people have so many questions, but can you just go through your, your three or four core philosophies um, with your swim technique and, and why um, it's different to what it was the old school way that a lot of these guys get taught by their pool swimming teachers?
2: Yeah. So I'll, I'll just jump straight to the um, why I'm anti high elbow Mm-hmm. Okay. And, Perfect. Um, one big misconception that people have is that they, they think because I'm, um, anti high elbow, that means I'm also anti having your wrist lower than your elbow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so what I am for is open arm, right? I don't really like going into full straight arm
0: because
2: mm-hmm. I don't think you'll ever be locking out your elbow.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: The easiest way to describe it is you want to be able to draw a line from one shoulder to the other shoulder directly up to your elbow. Okay. So if I kind of back up a little bit here, I'm yep. sitting, so I'll sit. Okay. Try to do it, right? So as long as this is in line, right in the same plane, whether I'm sprinting or swimming long distance, I might let my forearm relax and hang out here mm-hmm. or if I'm sprinting, have it longer out here. So nothing changes from this point, right? Everything that happens past, uh, beyond my elbow, That will depend on one personal preference, whatever works best for you, because everyone's body mechanics are gonna be a little different. Everyone will have wider set shoulders. Um, The distance and the speed you're swimming. So for sprinters, I would say more torso rotation, open that arm up more, right? More centrifugal forces to help you carry the momentum of your arm around. Or if you're swimming longer distance and you need more uh, relaxation to better um, use up your energy, you'll be swimming more efficiently to, oh, now my dog's barking. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> right? To then just let that forearm just relax. So the difference between this um, open arm, yep. because you pull it a high elbow, and a traditional high elbow is when you focus on high elbow, generally swimmers will come sticking the elbow up, yeah. right? keeping the hand close to the body. Now this pushes the shoulder into an anterior rotation, and that's where the impingement, uh, starts to happen. So if you're swimming through this, even that really narrow recovery over time, it's going to get inflamed. You're going to, you know, it could possibly lead to tearing um, later on, which we hope will never happen. But the very best thing that's probably going to happen is that it's going to get really sore. Like that's a best case scenario.
1: Right? Yeah. And yeah. I
2: guarantee every swimmer is going to experience it at, um, at some point. So the big, big focus I have is making sure that we're opening up those shoulders, keeping them neutral, not shrugging the shoulder up towards the ear, towards the jawline, right? Keeping this nice and narrow. Then what I describe it in the course is almost like you're emulating uh, arm circles. You know, when you're standing on deck, yep. doing your arm circles, right? It's because your shoulders don't hurt when you do that, mm-hmm. right? And we're just, obviously we're talking about just the recovery portion of it. Um, emulating that kind of uh, movement uh, and just incorporating that into your swim.
1: Beautiful, and there's there's several other theories you have too, like the, the high elbow. I remember one of them was head position as well, and this is a, this is where I love you so much because a lot of pool swimmers like you got to look straight ahead, you got to look straight ahead, and then non-swimmers they do that and their seat feet just sink straight to the bottom. So can you talk a bit about that too?
2: So the easiest way to think about it is just maintaining a good neutral head position, um, almost like you're at the doctor's office getting your height measured you know, when you're a kid. Oh yeah the wall, put the book on your head. <laughs> that, that's your position right there. Um, it's okay um, if you just open the chin up just a little bit, but you really shouldn't be doing it too much, right? Because anytime you start to lift the head, if I'm going to use my arm here as an example, if you lift your head up this way, right? Yeah, look what you know, happens. Look what happens. Your hips are going to start coming coming down, mm-hmm. okay? Even if you're able to keep your head uh, your hips up, because some people just have really good uh, core Stability, or they're moving fast enough that the water going to meet them is going to help provide the lift. But having your head in this position causes resistance. You know, that water is now trying to come up and over, and you're almost like you're plowing through the water. Mm-hmm. So this is going to give you a much better um, position um, for efficiency, just the way you flow through the water. It's also going to give you a better uh, position to be able to rotate, have the upper torso um, rotation when you're trying to go through your sword Because if you start looking forward kind of crams up the neck a little bit, you're kind of, you, know, you get, um, I call it scrunch neck. <laughs> yep. Uh, if your shoulders don't hurt. If you find that your necks are getting sore, that could be another reason as well. And I know, um, it's not always easy to keep your eyes down, especially when you're swimming in a pool and you got swimmers in front of you and you don't want to touch their feet. Right. But you know, we, we got a line on the bottom of the pool. The T tells you exactly uh, when the wall is coming. Right, so you gotta get um, you got to get used to to using them.
1: I, um, Brent, have a funny story quickly with that. McKinley Jones was the Olympic silver medalist for triathlon in Sydney, and we were swimming warm-ups one day, and we both swim with our head down like that, like we were taught. And I was in Australia, and she came from America, and you swim the opposite way. We had our heads down, and we were swimming, and we smacked so hard we both sunk to the bottom of the pool. I said the only bad thing about swimming with your head down. I'm sure you've maybe done that before, too.
2: No, that, that is true. It's like, so there is an awareness that you need to have. So you obviously you're not running into obstacles, but you know, when you're thinking about speed and efficiency, right, that's the position you need to be
1: in okay what about for you i don't know how much i know you do a bit of open water i've seen you doing it um what are your tips for um uh sighting and breathing because i think a lot of people get confused and um i always never really breathe when i sight i look up and i still breathe to the side but a lot of people try and breathe while their heads up and they lose their whole rhythm so what are some tips there for like sighting and breathing while you're in open water yeah so
2: i do what you do um I just bring my eyes up, maybe my nose, right? Because if obviously if there's little waves, you got to be able to spot above the waves. But as long as my eyes can see the target, I don't need to come up any higher than that. Yeah. The higher you come up, Boom. the more downward pressure, you got to push on the water to lift yourself up, which means you're moving water in the wrong direction. You're not moving yourself towards your target anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, your hips are going to sink down as well. And it's going to use, it's going to require more energy to do. So yeah. I, what I do is I just, I take my breath, Come back to center, look up, get my spot, come back down. Yeah. Yep. And then breathe again.
1: Perfect. Boom. So I hope everybody sees that because it's really hard. I feel like it's really hard to coach that. So I always want to get in and demo. I've been out of the water for a while, but getting in and demo, it feels like natural to me. But, uh, yeah, the one thing I think for these guys is that try not to breathe when you're looking up. It's really just to look really quick and then just breathe to the side again.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to save you a lot of energy if you get used to breathing to the side. Because it's important as soon as you get that um, that spot, figure head back down into alignment, so you can roll like, right into that next breath.
1: Yep. And I noticed, too, you take out, like, and we don't teach this either. It's always just straight down. But you – and Siri yeah. demos it weird, like, but she has a different swim style. But you take out – you've taken out the whole S bend, too. Is that right? Like, because people still teach high elbow and then the whole S curve. Like, can you explain that a well?
2: little? Yeah, so um, – at higher speeds, you're going to have a much straighter line, right? Um, because there's going to be more force generated. Okay. Um, but even in long distance swimming, even if you're not swimming with an S pole, you're still going to have a natural curve to the pole anyways, right? Like, if, um, like I've got some videos, I think they're, they're in the course where, uh, the head on swimming, you can actually see my hand still takes a natural curve to the path because yeah, this is it, yeah.
1: trying
2: to put your arm in a straight line while it's hinged in a single spot while your torso is rotating. So it, it's, it's just going to happen, um, naturally, but you shouldn't be trying to teach it because what ends up happening when you try to force your hand through an S pull is you're pushing the water out this way yep. and as soon as your hand goes outside your shoulder, your body is going to counterbalance it by shifting something yeah. else low. Right. So you're, if, so if you have hips that sway around a lot, that could be one um, one reason, right? Putting the hand outside, but now you're pushing the hand on the inside. Water's now going this way, and then you're finally pushing it out the back. So in a straight line pull, that whole pull moving the water directly behind you, and you know you're trying to you're trying to go one way. You gotta push the water um, the other way. So my zones I have are your central line and the outside of your shoulders. So as long as your pull is somewhere inside that zone,
1: got it. That's perfect.
2: Then that, that's where you need to be, and your, like I said, your natural path on a, on like a slower, or longer distance swim will probably be an S shape somewhere inside that. But you don't need to force it. Right.
1: So it just right. comes so
2: naturally focus, anyway. Yeah. Focus on pulling as straight as you can, um, and you know, depending on your speed, like some curve may happen, but it's going to happen naturally.
1: Perfect. Beautiful. So MC, I know we have like a few questions, right? Um, Do you want to MC unmute some of the guys um, who have questions so they get to ask Brent themselves? They're probably a little shy, but you know, they'll be okay.
0: (laughs) Of course. So the first question is uh, from Dan. So Dan, I'm going to unmute you so you can read your question. Okay.
1: Thank you, MC. question.
4: All right, now i got to find what my question was. Um, (laughs) I have two questions, actually. One, how do you keep your hair like that? Because this stuff grows back so fast, it drives me nuts. Like, this is so much maintenance to keep it like yours. Well, I do it, I
2: probably shave my head every four days. I probably could do it every three, but, um, you know, hot shower, right? Always do it in the shower. Don't do it over the sink.
4: Oh, yeah, I know. Trust (laughs) me. (laughs) That's it. No, I love it. But my question is this, because I know... You know, everybody has seen, uh, you know, your course get entered into here. So I was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit on, you know, the benefits that people are going to see from taking your course. Because some of us are doing, you know, tether swimming still. Some of us might be doing, uh, you know, pools might not be open, but maybe we're doing some open water. So how do those things play into uh, what your course is?
2: Yeah, so like, as long as you have water, uh, you can pretty much do this course. Because a lot of the drills that we do don't require a lot of space. That You don't need to be swimming full 25 or even 50 meters uh, to do them. But the, the way we designed the course was that it was going to take you uh, through the foundations and building up your stroke piece by piece. So in the course, we start with your breathing first, and then we go to your alignment, then your um, then the kick, and then the body rotation, right? Right before we even get to the arms. I know a lot of people love going straight to the arms because that's what everybody sees, but Mm. they take the time to actually master those earlier um, skills, then it's gonna actually make the arms uh, that much better. Because as you know, swimming is a sport or is an activity where you don't get the benefit of actually seeing what your body does. So you rely really heavily on your your muscle memory and your proprioception. So by doing it this way, we're actually reprogramming uh, your muscle memory and your body awareness um bit by bit um and again uh, the reason why we do it in the step-by-step method too is that we break it down so you only have to focus on one thing at a time yeah. rather than trying to cram it all in at once and just trying to hit all the points you know okay like you know middle finger first you know hand at this injury you know rotate like it's the brain gets confused and a lot of times you you might be able to solve one or two things, but then you've also caused more problems because something else like fell out of sync. So um, like we've had a a lot of swimmers um, sign up uh, during this time um, because they've taken the time, you know, even though they're not swimming to still go through the course and try to learn. We've had uh, people send us, um, you know, um, testimonials saying that they've been practicing it um, on land. Yeah right? You know, like standing up and just going through the motion and trying to visualize, um, what they're doing and waiting until they get in the water. Cause the mind body connection is, um, is really, really powerful. Um, yeah. That's a yeah. great answer. I'm like, um, sending us videos of them practicing this out in the open water, uh, as well. Like, so they bought the fitness alignment boards and They've been going out um, into the lakes and and stuff like that, and it's been really cool seeing all the people getting uh, creative and finding out ways to to do it.
1: Awesome, Brent. Thank you. And Dan's got his little dog there. Hey, buddy, you're cute. <laughs> all right, MC. I'll let you do the questions if you like. Do you want to do that? And try not to take too much of Brent's time. Brent, let us know when you're um, when you got to go too, because I know you got a lot on. Right. So I'm good. You got you go. To... You guys got me Don't say right that, week. we'll be there two hours.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right your hand. Um, so I guess he answered Janet's question, because she's asking if you could incorporate the training uh, if you're doing doing uh, tether swimming. So I guess the answer is yes. Totally can. Yep. But I guess if you could expand, because I feel like a lot of people might have this question. Um, is there a way in which you would recommend to do the tether swimming? Because you know how you can do it from your ankles? Or you can do it from your hips like are there any tips that you would give for people who do not have access to pools that are using a tether
2: yeah i would say do it from the hips and have the attachment on your back rather than on your front mm-hmm. um, i find when you um when you lock in the feet that's really going to mess up your torso rotation because your legs being able to you know articulate or guess it's kind of like You know swinging your arms when you're walking and if you suddenly you know if you stiffen your arms up and you walk it kind of throws your gait off a bit so you want to make sure your feet are free that's why even when i'm doing pull i'll still let my feet move just a little bit like they're not kicking thank you right but i'll I'll let are you listening guys It's okay. If you see someone's feet moving, they're I mean, not
1: You're kicking. kicking. I'm like, you're supposed to a little bit.
2: <laughs> that's just like yeah. swinging your arms when you walk and that's it. They're not actually propelling. Yep. Um, the only thing you probably wouldn't be able to do in the, in the course on a tether would be the, uh, the full rotation, um, drills. You'll have to wait till you're not tethered in because it's, it's just impossible to actually do the rotation. So you probably just have to uh, skip that one. Okay.
1: Awesome. Great. Now my guys know how to use a tether properly. That's great. Cause I've seen some weird stuff going on.
2: <laughs> I mean, we use, we use Tethers all the time when we're actually training, um, like we'll, we'll swim out and we'll just do stationary swimming just for uh, stability. Uh, we'll sprint across the pool and try to make it to the other end, um, against it. And then sometimes we'll even turn around and sprint with uh, the tether as well. Yeah, as we I've seen off. that.
1: That's super, super fast. Fun. You must fly with that.
2: Yeah, I think uh, one time we did it with um, in a 50 meter pool, I swam 50 meters long course under 20 seconds and <laughs> I had like two or three pulling the cord in.
1: <laughs> I would love that feeling. I wish it's I felt totally like thin. that. All right, MC, we got, we've got some more to read out.
0: So the next question is by Maddie. Maddie, do you want to go ahead and ask that question?
3: It's a pretty good question. Hey Brent, um, I'm one of the coaches with Team Serious. Um, thanks for being on here. Um, so I I grew up swimming. I'm from a swimming background, and um, I work with a, you know a lot of swimmers, um, triathletes now. And so I'm wondering if you can speak to like what you see are the biggest differences between working with someone who is in a triathlete that learned to swim as an adult versus someone that's been swimming their whole life. You know, I find that to be, um, quite different and I'm wondering what your strategies are.
2: Yeah. Um, I think it really comes down to the foundations first, uh, getting them used to actually floating, uh, in the water because I've, I've worked with, um, there's like probably the most famous hockey player here in, uh, Vancouver. Uh, I was teaching him how to swim and one of the, big uh, things that I noticed was that um, people that don't have a swimming background tend to be really heavy in the legs um, because they're used to pushing off solid objects, whether that's you know, pushing off the ground when they're running, pushing off uh, pedals when they're cycling, right? So and in this case, it'd be pushing off the ice with the, with the hockey skates. So getting used to the legs floating and then just moving the feet rather than trying to push. The water, I think that was probably the, um, the most challenging, um, part of it. Um, but then again, also the breath control, realizing that when you're swimming, you're not swimming to stay at the surface, right? If you're, if you know how to breathe, your body is already naturally buoyant. Like for me, I'm, I'm 200 pounds. If I take a breath and curl into a ball, Mm. I'm going to float. So I want to make sure that all my energy is spent on propulsion and not by, you know, wasting energy, trying to stay on the surface.
1: Mm. so Brent I'm gonna ask do you breathe all your, like I feel like I know the answer to this for everybody else do you breathe all your air out before you breathe like it's all gone and then turn to breathe or do you just it's almost like dry land like you're breathing like just as, as like just as 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 comfortably as you can like when you need a breath you breathe like
2: yeah it, it's got to be natural yeah. um I, I think if I thought like really think about it I'm probably exhaling about 90 percent of my air okay but I think it's just because if you give, you breathe all of it out, then you're actually going to lose a little bit, little bit of buoyancy mm. and you might even you're, you're mm. sink just a little bit every single time. So you always want to have some air um, in there so you don't need to focus on ah, breathing it all out. Just just breathe naturally, right? But make sure when you do breathe in, right, that it's a good open throw. You're not like breathing in through like a little straw or breathing into the chest. You want to breathe all the way down into the lower quadrants um, of your lungs, Right? And for breathing patterns, um, like I breathe typically um, every two, like I breathe to one side. Um, but when I'm in the pool, I'll breathe to the same side of the pool, um, no matter what length I'm swimming. Got it. Right? So that's how I change up uh, my sides. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I'm not a fan of bilateral breathing, like breathing um, on odd ones, because I think when you breathe to one side, it's an easier rhythm to maintain. It's less work for your core. Um, to hold your alignment. Um, And it it just gets you into a good rhythm um, as well. Yep. Right. um, I think bilateral breathing is good for training as as exercises, right? Especially if you're working on that alignment, right? Um, But in terms of normal uh, training or racing, uh, you're probably better off with bilateral breathing. Also, it's better to keep that oxygen flowing to your muscles uh, as well. So actually, actually, uh, just for example, like at the London Olympics in the hundred free, uh, I was in lane seven. So all the fastest. Wait, wait, away. wait,
1: go back. Say that again. So everyone just heard what you just said, like where you were guys, listen to this.
2: Yeah, so <laughs> in London at the 2012 Olympics in the final,
1: um,
2: Whoa! I was in lane seven. Right. So the only guy, so to my right, it was only one other swimmer. And that was the eighth, that was lane eight. Okay, well, I'm, pretty much, you can kind of figure, right, statistically, he's not the fastest guy in the pool, Mm -hmm. right? So, I'm looking, I want to make sure that when I breathe, right, I'm going to be breathing to my left to see the fastest guys in the pool, right, Mm lane four and five and and three. So, on the way out, I had to breathe to my left, but on the way back, I had to breathe to my right. So, even in that that race, I was still breathing to both sides, Mm -hmm. but only one side on both ways, and my breathing pattern, I, I think it was... Basically eight, six, four, and then twos the rest of the way as I got into that um that aerobic zone. Wow. Until the meters, then I tried to finish the last ten meters, no breath. Wow.
1: That's amazing. That's just amazing. Amazing. Thank you, Brent. Yeah. I love that. So you even up your stroke by doing like, yeah, uh, boat, like you, you change sides each lap pretty much. So we have been teaching our guys more bilateral if it works, if they're new swimmers just because of the siding and stuff. But um, I think one way that they could get away with it would be totally doing like, yeah, a few strokes to, to one side like for, for several seconds and then changing to the other side like they're swimming in a pool like keep changing yeah. it yeah and I think with injuries a lot of people get um I think if they're always breathing just to the right because most people that we've coached have one side they love and they don't even go to the other side and then they're getting back issues and all of that so I love that um I think Maddie and MC that's really great tip like if we want to teach bilateral we can also teach breathing to the same side up and back so that they're always changing so getting used to the left they're getting used to the right so that's a great way to get rid of that dominating side yeah
2: I did notice, um, you know, since I started open water swimming, um, like when I'm swimming, uh, I have my form goggles on, right? So I have that clock uh, going in my goggles. So without the walls, uh, I found that, like, I'll just pick like um, an interval time where I'll go like, um, you know, like a minute mm-hmm. breathing to my left and then I'll switch, you know, every minute breathe to my right. Now I won't say like I'm 100% good at this every single time. Sometimes you kind of zone out and you, you realize after a while, but um, but that's another way you could do it or you can just count your strokes. So, you know, thirty-two
1: yep. one 30 oh, yeah. And how often would you sight in open water? Do you know? like?
2: I was probably, I'd probably sight like once every um, like 15 to 20 strokes. Oh,
1: wow. So you got good. You're good at going straight then because I used to sight every eight, but <laughs> that's amazing.
2: And again, like that comes down to making sure you have a good, good alignment. But like, mm-hmm. I'm also, uh, the lake that I'm swimming in is also really calm. So yeah. I don't have to worry about any
1: currents uh, pushing me off. Yeah. Right. All right, MC, who's next?
0: Love it. Thank you so much. That was super helpful. Was uh, so Maddie's
3: asking, are you better at short course or long left- <laughs> course? <laughs> oh sorry, could I just could I just follow up on that go. I, I, I was mostly just wondering, Brent, like um, when you were explaining swimming in the in the hundred free when you had to breathe to look at the other competitors. Do you have a side that you breathe to that you feel like you are stronger? feel like with one side you would be slowing down during that race?
2: Um, I, I know like swimming now, I definitely feel stronger breathing to uh, to my right, but that's because um, I've got a, an issue on my shoulder right now where I actually separated it a few years ago while I was retired. Oh. And so I know because of that um, – that side is definitely weaker, but before that happened, I was pretty even, uh, swimming on both sides. Right. Okay. So, right. And cause like, I grew up, you know, being told that I had to breathe um, every three and I, so I was probably breathing every three until I was about, um, 14 when I finally realized that, you know, the faster guys are only breathing to one side. So that you know, that's why I was so adamant about, even if I'm going to breathe through one side that I still trained, um, both sides.
1: Love that. Awesome. All right, what's next, MC? Thank you so yeah, much. For, can I so ask previously,
0: course. so are you better at short course or long?
2: course Oh yeah. Um I definitely think I'm better at a long course. Um like I, I have actually have really good flip turns, but I don't have the strongest underwater kick.
0: Hmm.
1: Right?
2: So it's easier for me to um to just take out the flip turns. <laughs>
1: MC would much
2: rather no flip turns, wouldn't you, MC? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, like, I would say, like, what, like, my actual flip turn part is is um, a strong suit of mine. Oh. But, um, but the actual underwater kick, um, mm-hmm. like, I know physiologically, I'm I'm actually not the best um, proportions. Uh, like, my legs are really long, uh, and the fastest dolphin kickers. Um, generally have uh, stockier legs. So like uh, Phelps had really uh, short legs. Dressel has much shorter uh, legs than me. So still trying to figure out like um, especially like, you know, coming back into it again, figuring out what type of a uh, dolphin kick is going to be um, best for me. For example, like, is it more of a posterior kick where I'm kicking sort of behind my back or more of an anterior kick? Where I'm kicking more um, in the front. Right. So we're playing around with that right now, seeing if I can, uh, Try to catch up to these guys a little bit better.
0: That's so
1: cool. That's so cool.
0: Awesome. So uh the next question is uh you could pick three things first on becoming a better swimmer, what would those be? Uh,
2: sorry, it was kind of breaking up a bit. So was it uh three things to becoming a better swimmer?
0: Yeah, I mean if you could only focus on three things, like the main things that you think are the most important, what would those be?
2: Um well, I would definitely say number one is your technique, right? Um, just become impeccable with your technique, or or do you mean like what three technique things we want to focus on? Because because you want to talk about the three technique things. I would say um, number one, uh, your body alignment, then your uh, rotation with your breath, right? Making sure you're not turning the head to breathe. That the head and body actually uh, roll as one, and then using an open arm uh, recovery. Those would be the those those three things. Um, In terms of overall three things, um, like technique, I would say consistency, right? Making sure that you're, you know, I'm not saying you have to go every single day, but I mean, if you're only going every once in a while, you're probably not going to see the results come as quickly as you would hope. Um, And then I I would honestly, um, this is going to sound kind of cliche, but really, I would say just love what you're doing, right? Just genuinely just love and have fun um, with it. I think the swimmers who really enjoy what they're doing are the ones that find the most success and are more likely to reach their goals. When it doesn't, you know, when it's not a chore, it's genuinely doing it for um, for the love of what they're doing.
1: That's amazing, that's
0: so true. I love, even that fits with our philosophy. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah! yeah. <laughs> I love it. Perfect, thank you so much. That's so so um, the other question, do you incorporate dry land swimming workouts during your training? and what would you
2: say are the main benefits? Yeah, so we do dry land activation um, probably before every single swim. Like we'll take, um, if it's the morning, we might take, you know, 20 minutes. Uh, if it's the afternoon, um, you know, 30 to even 45 minutes, uh, depending on the day. Right? Um, like that, like, I think that's, that's, super, that's super important. And then on top of that, uh, I hit the weights uh, two, sometimes three times a week as well, just especially being a sprinter. Right. Developing that power uh, is really important for me. So but when we're doing that dryland activation, working on uh, core stability is really important. So um, planks are always, always welcome. Right. Like get get those planks and work doing it with um, perfect alignment, Um, but also the legs uh, as well. We use a lot of stretch bands Um, like one is just putting your stretch bands around um, like your quads and then walking right eight steps to the right eight steps to the left while keeping tension on the band um, thing things like that um, we do a lot of um, what do they call it they call it like supermans right oh, based yeah. and we can do them alternating right just you know, just working on that cross connection through your posterior uh, muscles and yeah, all all that stuff is is going to be good and really you could probably do a whole um, a whole podcast just um, just on that but I would say, make sure though that you do warm up before you start um, doing anything. The last thing you want to do is um, hurt your cold muscles. And there's a big debate around stretching before mm-hmm. or after your swim. Um, I'm, I'm in the boat of stretching after your swim, mm-hmm. not stretching before. Before is more about getting your body uh, warmed up, getting your muscles um, activated and um, getting gluten, right? Moving around, doing your arm, getting those arm swings going once it's once it's already uh, you know warmed up. But then stretching your muscles after you've worked out and helping flush out all that lactic acid and all the you know want to say like a contraction all those muscles went through in the workout. That you lengthen them back out. Otherwise, you're going to run into especially like lower back problems if you're not stretching after your workouts. Beautiful, love it. Yeah,
1: so
0: everyone, get ready. We're going to start doing dry land. <laughs> 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 so all right great.
1: let's roll through these because
0: so next question um how long can you hold your breath underwater and do you <laughs> have any drills to increase that
2: um i wouldn't say i'm de- i'm one of like the super breath holder uh, guys um like we will do a lot of 25s um underwater um although we're doing them with more rest now than we were in the past um because, you know, what's it called, like shallow water, um, drowning is a, is, is a reality, so we don't wanna be pushing yourself in order to do it. So a lot of the times, like I'll do the first 25 underwater, then after that, I'll be popping up at, up at the flags um, every single time after that. My teammates all seem to be able to keep going, <laughs> uh, but if I just went down and just curl up in a ball and just held my breath, I could probably do it for maybe a minute and a half, maybe a minute, 15 a seconds. I probably wouldn't go much longer than that. But like, I know teammates who can go much longer. I once, uh, I I saw a teammate, he did over a hundred meters dolphin kick underwater one time. Like it was absolutely insane. (laughs) It's
1: crazy. Um, I can make 50 and I'm pretty proud of that. I almost died doing it, but
2: (laughs) it's not, it it really isn't something I would encourage, um, Mm -hmm. people to really work on. Um, as I said, like, under, like the shallow water, um, drowning and blackouts, um, like they, they do happen and very experienced swimmers, um, yeah. ha- like it has happened to very like experienced swimmers. Um, and it, it's just unfortunate. Um, one thing I would just really work on is just like your, your aerobic, um, capacity and your overall lung capacity just from swimming. Right. And just, you know, doing breathing patterns, you know, whether you're breathing every two, three, four, uh, five, five, uh, um, whatever, like, but. I wouldn't really do too much of the breath-holding stuff.
1: Good tip.
0: Thank you for that. So let's just do a couple more. Um, is that okay with you?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. So uh, this is from Patrice. What is your feeling on uh, over-distance training concerning triathlon?
2: Is that over-distance training?
0: Yeah, so I guess what she's preparing is like, doing long uh, trainings.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it all depends on the, you know, how far you have to swim in your race, right? Like you have to condition your body to be able to swim the distance. Right. So like, if you're going at 10 K, like you gotta be doing 10 K swims. Right. Um, I know like for me sprinting, like I don't go much further than 3,500 meters, um, a workout. So, I mean, as long as it's incorporated into your training plan and, um, you know, it's part of a, you know, just the bigger picture, um, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with it, but
0: I think sprinters are probably more in danger of swimming too many
2: meters than, uh, than long distance swimmers, right? Because wow. for me being a 50 meter freestyle right now, there's no point for me to be swimming like five to 6K uh, workouts anymore.
0: Awesome, thank you. So this question is from Becky. What are your favorite drills or is it dependent on what technique differences a swimmer may have?
2: Yeah, my favorite drill is probably um, in our course is the down for three, side for three, one arm. Okay, this, this is a drill that we actually invented specifically for our course because we had a lot of, like, we developed a lot of these drills because we had swimmers uh, come to us that the current, like, um, you know, say, Rolodex of, or glossary or whatever you want to call it of drills wasn't fixing um, the problem. We wanted to find one drill that could work on body alignment, body rotation, and then you know use, using the right muscles to actually activate um, the recovery rather than you know, trying to unprogram the shrug, right? So one arm extended, eyes down, count to three, then you roll as one piece on your side for three, come up, pause for three seconds, and then you roll back to your front with your arm coming back. So you're also working on the timing of your torso rotation with your arms, making sure that those are all working as... Um, as one piece. So that's a drill that, um, I actually do a lot of, um, when I'm, when I've been training for the Tokyo Olympics, uh, as well, cause we get a lot of opportunities to kind of pick our own drills, um, for certain sets, like we'll say like, you know, hundred swim, hundred drill choice. Like yeah, that yeah. Kind of thing. Um, and I'll, I'll do a lot of those in the, in there.
1: Cool. And we can see that on your course. I saw it. I loved it. I don't know if I could do it, but I loved it. <laughs> Gonna
4: get a try.
2: <laughs> I was if, um, if you're having trouble doing it. Just throw on a pair of fins.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: So actually, I think this is a great question to end with. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your program? How long is each session? Do we incorporate it into a regular swim? Or do it as a standalone?
2: Yeah. So it's eight modules, um, right? I mean, really, it, it's like seven, because the first one's just an introduction. But we build it up in step by step. So like I said before the breathing, um, the alignment, the kicking, the rotation, the recovery, then the pull, and then we put it all together in the, in the last one. Um, but depending on everyone's abilities, they're going to be able to go through it um, you know at their own pace, right So we, we don't that's why we don't say like it has to be done in this amount of time because everyone's going to have different access to facilities, different access to water, they're gonna have different uh, things going on in their life. So I know some people, I've been working on it every single day. Some people are doing it, you know, twice a week. Um, yeah. Um, lost my train of thought.
1: But the course only took me, like, if you guys are wondering, it only less than two hours to actually watch it. I wasn't incorporating it as I went. I was taking notes. I think it took maybe less than two hours. Um, yeah. But I feel like, Brent, they could incorporate little bits of it. Like, they almost, especially non-swimmers, every day. Like, do 15 minutes Ooh. before you start. Yeah.
2: that that's where I was meaning to go. So I I would always say like, um, start, like, even if you are doing a regular workout, you could actually start off doing these drills Mm -hmm. first, and then use the rest of your time to go do your workout. Because obviously we don't want you to be, you know, losing your fitness while, while you're doing it. So you dedicate a certain amount of time in your workout to doing these drills or going through these progressions and then continue on with the rest
0: of the, the workout. And then once you're actually done and you've mastered it, you can still incorporate
2: some of these drills into your normal workouts. So if yeah. you have a set in your workouts where you're, you know, you're normally doing drills, well, what drills do you want to be working on? If you want to use a section of this workout to work on body alignment, well then incorporate of the body alignment drills uh, into it. So, so it actually gives you more um, like a bigger library of drills that you can start using to incorporate into your normal workouts. Like, absolutely.
1: MC, I wanna jump in because I think this would be a cool question for everyone. Like, can you tell us what is the hardest swim day you've ever had in your life? Can you think back, because I can vividly remember mine, but is there a day where you just think, oh my god? Like you not necessarily was like as in like time-wise, but what is the hardest session you can think of? Can you think of one that really brings back a memory? And tell us a set if you will.
2: I mean, I've I've had so many workouts where I felt like I was going to pass out. Um <laughs> So that is exactly the one I was going to say. The 100-100s. Um, coaches love to do this one, and we did it. It was our last uh, training session before uh, before our Christmas break, and I was. This was my first year out of summer club swimming, so I got. I, you know, when you're in summer club, you're only training five days a week, uh, one hour sessions, and suddenly um, within three months of being in this, uh, you know, on a team that trained year round doing two hour sets I'm suddenly being asked to swim a hundreds, alternating, um, 10 on one 10 on 120, And I wouldn't say it was like hard physically. I, I think it was mostly hard, um, mentally, right. That was, um,
1: but wait, what, yeah. just for perspective, like, what sort of time were you having to come in on? That's the question. Like, I mean, you weren't just coming in on 119.
2: No, I was I'd probably coming in on, like, 115, 116s. Yep. Uh, on those. Um, I actually think I'd probably I'd probably have a hard time doing that now because, like, I'm also um, like 30 pounds heavier. So i got a lot more <laughs> muscle to pull through. Um, like, I guess it was, um, yeah, it was not as hard to pull my body... Um, through the water uh, back then, it's, it's kind of funny that you think that being heavier now would be harder. It's like it's more power now, mm-hmm. but it's for shorter, um, shorter distances. So that's one of the reasons why I, go, why I don't do two hundred free anymore. Um, I will give you guys a, an interesting set though that we did um, at our training camp when we were in Maui a few months ago. So um, just, I just remember this all the top of my head. Um, Everyone's getting vib- their
1: pens out. Hang on a minute. <laughs>
2: So it was, uh, five rounds. Um, I actually only did three because it was really hard and <laughs> making me out of retirement, you know? Um, so you dive in and sprint to 15 meters. Then, um, I think they're on, these were on 30
1: seconds.
2: Oh my God. So, go, so was it, or was it 30 seconds rest? Um, okay. So let's say 30 seconds rest. Um, then 30 seconds fast, um, dolphin. Oh, no, sorry, 10 seconds fast, three times of dolphin kick. So 10 seconds on, uh, 20 seconds off. So vertical dolphin kick, hands on your side.
1: Oh my God.
2: Um, and then it was three times, uh, 15 in, flip turn, 15 meters out. So working on your in, flip, and then the breakout on 45 seconds. So three times. And then on the last one, sprint to the finish, 15 meters, and then you take uh, two minutes break.
1: And how many times did you have to do it?
2: We're supposed to do it five times. I only did it three.
1: <laughs> that sounds ridiculously hard.
2: <laughs> it it, it sounds it sounds so easy. Like when I am looking at it on paper, like oh, this is gonna be a it's gonna be a piece of cake. Like you it'll, it'll be hard, but I actually wasn't expecting it to be that hard because you're trying to go at a at sprint pace the whole time
3: yeah
2: and eventually i was like tom like my coach i'm like i'm too old man <laughs> I, can't, I can't keep up with these young guys
1: how old are you now brent
2: uh 36. you're a baby yeah, yeah.
1: so you so you're definitely you're going to be going to the next olympics next year
2: well, I'm hoping to. I still have to qualify um, at the Games, but I went under the Olympic qualifying time wow. a week before the all the pools got closed down due to COVID.
1: Wow. Well, so, so, that's amazing, Brent. <laughs> You've now got 350 new teammates cheering you on from here. You're going to have, like, the biggest fan club ever. You wait for it. But um, before we go, Brent, I can't remember the um, my... So I, I put up um, your, your Swimming Secrets Mastery Course. I put it up. And then I realized we should be entering um, under our code. So I think it's secrets Backslash serious Do you know if that's yeah. right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, sorry, well, forward slash.
1: Forward slash. Okay, I'm going to write it up right now for these guys. Um, and does anybody have any more questions for Brent? Anyone have any last minute things or about the course? I can't find the forward slash. There it is. Um, because you guys, he's so nice as to ask us. I think the biggest thing is the price point. I couldn't believe you were giving this stuff away for $47. I almost died. I mean, we charge $37 a month for our membership, and I think it's the absolute best $47 you could ever spend. And I I, I thought it was so worthwhile. I thought it was way too cheap, but I do feel like you're going to sell thousands of them, millions of them. So um, my guys, I put that up there. I hope that's right. No, that's backslash. It should be forward slash. I made a mistake. <laughs>
2: you oh, want to get the dot com then slash
1: okay dot swimming secrets how do i get this dot right? secret dot Thanks. com you, you just... want me
0: to share the screen so that i can show everyone yeah how... that'd be awesome yes so I'm
2: gonna try to get my wife in here too because honestly like <laughs> Um, yes. We'd not been able to actually do this, um, build this course without her. Um, a lot of the philosophy actually came from uh, from her, like her teaching methods, because like she worked at one of the top private swim schools in oh, North America. Wow. Her, her sister's actually a co there, so we wow. actually actually um, we took like the you know the philosophy of the progressions and the teaching method. I think that's one thing that actually really makes this really unique is that we use my high performance technique. But with uh, teaching philosophy, and I mm-hmm. haven't come across any other um, programs that I've really never seen anything, anything like to it. Like. Eric, just come get her to come in. Yeah, here. get her, get her.
1: So you guys, just while you're looking at this, that backslash. If you put backslash serious, s i r i u s, someone okay. can type that for me because I can't type on the screen now. If some I can't, for some reason, if someone can put that in the chat. Um, www.swimmingsecrets.com backslash serious s i r i u s forward slash forward slash sorry Yep. that's and it so go click on that and see what happens MC and then it goes to the order yeah bar. then okay.
2: it'll change
1: it to- there we go, there go. we even All get right. we even got our logo guys look at that with a three-time Olympian and Olympic bronze medalist there you go. We'll share that link with everyone. Yeah, we're gonna. And Brent, are you okay for us to share that out? Um, on all our social medias, on our podcasts and everything.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Go right
1: ahead. Hey, Nadine. Right I love you even more. Are you write. You wrote a song for a dog rescue in Egypt, a non-kill shelter. That's amazing. Yeah.
4: I try to help those guys out as much as possible. Oh my
1: god, well, everybody's gonna look it up. I think, what was the name of the their Instagram? Because I'd love everybody to check it out. And yours too.
4: It's called Hope Belladi. B A L A D I. Belladi means like, um, oh my god, like, uh, geez, what's better? Like, kind of like a street? Like, kind of like, a, oh my god, I'm, I'm like, like street
1: dog. Street dog, yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, they're like the street dogs, exactly. And what's your Instagram? Because you've got a beautiful voice. Um, I want everyone to follow you too. Is it Nadine TV?
4: Is It's that- Nadine TV. Yeah. N-A-D-I-N-A TV, like television.
1: I love it. Thank you. Than what's that? There's a
2: much better singing voice than I do. But oh. I
4: have a funny story. Okay. Um, Brent, when I was recording my album in 2012, I just had like one more song and um, I needed a guy's voice to sing it like in a monotone. <laughs> And so I was like, oh, OK, well, it's going to be a background, right? So I just needed it. I'm like, Brent, hey, he can hold a note because he plays piano. Oh, He's like, you I can't sing. I can't play And then well. I was just like, I'm like, listen, don't worry about it. I'll just auto-tune if it, whatever it doesn't work, right? I can auto-tune you to make you sound good. So he, I put him in a background and a choir choir part in my song. That's so when so cool. the album came out, he wouldn't be like, oh, hey, you know, my wife or fiance at the time released this. He'd be like, I'm on that track.
1: <laughs> you've gotta send us the you gotta send us the name of that so we can all listen. Like please. That would be amazing.
4: Was, That's so um, cute. Wait, oh, send it? again? Yeah. Can't remember.
1: Yeah, make sure you guys send us that. Put it up on the uh facebook we'd love to so brent you're a part of our facebook now um group now officially so you're welcome to stay in there and just look around but uh people are they okay to tag you if they have any questions after this in regards to your course or anything yep Of course. Yeah, yeah, awesome guys. Well, we're so grateful. Thank you so much, MC Maddie. Thank you for um, helping settle this up. And um, thank you, Brent. We're going to try and push this course out because it's so beneficial for everybody. And um, I just think what you're doing is amazing. And we are cheering you for the Olympics. Brent Hayden, like, boom.
4: Nice no, thank for doing us. this. That's so and
2: awesome. I love teaming up with you guys on this. And, like, like I guess it was so exciting seeing those uh, referral codes come in <laughs>
1: from,
2: uh, from you guys. Like, that was so cool.
1: Well, we'll be getting a lot more. And you've just got 350 new fans. So you can add that to the other millions of fans that you've got. So we love you, Brandon. We're so grateful. Love you too, Nadine. <laughs> thank, you thank you all. Meeting you. Okay, bye. bye. That was amazing. So there you go, guys. We just had our Olympic bronze medalist on our. Uh, zoom call so if you have any questions i'm going to type in the course here for you guys where we can chat let's see Uh, if you want to sign up for the course we have a special code and i'm going to type it right in if you're still with me www.swimmingsecrets.com forward slash serious Okay, if you guys click that link, hopefully it takes you to um, our landing page and you get the course for $47 from one of the best swimmers in the world. So there you go, you guys. He's amazing, and thanks for tuning in. And uh, we're going to save this so you guys can all watch it later. So thank you, everyone. Forward slash, Siri said, swimmingsecrets.com forward slash. I always get it wrong. Serious. There you go.
3: Hi that, thanks for listening. We'll put all those links in the show notes. And don't forget, if you want to join the Tri Club, you can do so at teamserioustriclub.com.